0: Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, Nick and I finally get a chance to sit down together to talk about some of the headlines that are making the news lately, what's going on in Canada, what has been happening in the last few weeks, what is going on globally with uh, the Ukraine and Russia some of the things that are happening in China. We talk about the Bank of Canada and their interest rate move recently and what that means to the real estate market. And the intent was to really go through some of these headlines in about 10 or 15 minutes and then do a, a local real estate market update here in the Greater Toronto area. But these headlines took the whole episode. There was so much to talk about. So we had a good time chatting. We will come back with some local real estate market updates and some economic updates in the next few weeks. But for now, this is what we discussed. Have a lot of had a lot of fun chatting with Nick about this kind of stuff. There's just a lot going on and I think the next few years are going to be more volatile than we're used to and we're going to have more of these discussions going forward. And listen, if you're listening to this and you're trying to find if find out if real estate is the right thing for you to get into at this time in 2022, we put a whole bunch of resources on our website, rockstarinnercircle.com. You can find digital copies of our books on there. You can find copies of different reports that we've put together um, including one of our popular reports, the population update for 2022 that maps out some of the population fundamentals that we have in this area of Ontario in the greater Toronto area. And you can find different videos and our YouTube channel is linked off there. All the episodes to the podcast are there. You can get on our weekly newsletter by putting your email address on that website and you can register for our introductory real estate investing class. It's a class that we hold about once a month. You can save your seat for that class off that website again. And that is rockstar. InnerCircle.com. That's enough with this intro. Let's get on with the show.
1: Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge?
0: Real estate,
1: business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Caradza. Are you ready? Let's go.
0: Okay, Nick. Not even joking. Like you, you can hear me. Okay,
1: yeah, <laughs> you can this hear. time I can. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we've had a little audio and video problems on the podcast, everyone, for the last little bit. So we're just trying to get through this. But yeah, I think we're good. I think we're recording. So there's been a few things that have happened since you and I have sat down um, the last time, just to talk about the economy and uh i was going to say are we allowed to even talk about everything that has gone on in canada <laughs> like, are we even allowed i'm not talking about Canadian- it's up to you <laughs> i still got access
1: to my bank account, so i don't want to <laughs> as
0: canadians can we even talk about what has gone down because as long
1: as you don't talk about say anything against the government i guess we're, we're at that stage because yeah. then all of a sudden i don't know
0: if you and i guess for anyone listening uh to this We do have listeners you know that that listen to this from around the world and i'm sure i think it's made global headlines the majority of listeners are canadian but for those of you who are not aware there was the trucker protests in ottawa that went from i think it was an it was a legal protest and at some point it turned into an illegal protest Called an occupation of Ottawa. Sorry, I can't even say all. Yeah, this I thing.
1: don't know what ended up making it that. I mean, the, yeah, gover- I the government. The government. St- I think the government said it was illegal at one point or something. Yeah,
0: but not. But then. As opposed to doing what they did at the Windsor Bridge, where they used the regular Ontario Police Force to—I don't know if it was regular or not—but it was basically the usual yeah, policing it was poli- powers, it was local police local forces, forces and OPP. to clear the a main bridge, which was a pretty critical piece of infrastructure. Let's face it; a lot of trade happens. It was a
1: lot more critical. And I know there's some businesses on the you know around a couple streets in front of Parliament, but that bridge was a lot more critical than the street in front of Parliament. That's for sure
0: yeah sure i think we can all agree to that bridge was like a basically an economic lifeline to two of the biggest trade partners in the world and how much trade goes across that bridge um so they cleared that but then if you're not familiar with the story in ottawa um the trudeau government decided to pass or enact the emergencies what is it now? emergency measures, me- emergency measures I, I act, which used it. to be called the war measures act, but now it's emergencies. Uh, uh, yeah. Emergency Cause language me- is everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So it's the emergency measures act, which gave the government the power to not go to even parliament because the moment they enact that they can use whatever means they deem necessary to clear out that protest. And they did. Uh, there was different police forces then called, I think, from around Ontario that came in to help yeah. clear all that protest out. And, uh, and I think the, the shocking thing as a Canadian seeing that is that as a country, we use the Emergency Measures Act to get the government to not even debate or take a vote in Parliament to get the power to clear out Canadians from the streets now, whether you agree or disagree,
1: yeah, remove what, that from the yeah. remove that from the equation. Do like, we
0: want a democracy that has the ability, without a debate and vote in parliament, to enact something like that for really what was going on in yeah. Ottawa? Because when even we could if, just use the regular policing powers.
1: Yeah, and even if you disagree with with their opinions or cause, it, you know it it doesn't matter, like six months from now or two years from now, it might be something that you agree with. So it's, it's, it's not about the, the cause it's about the response. And I think we got to separate those two very clearly, right? Whether you agree or disagree, and we can all have our own pins on that. We can have our own pins on every anything. Well, you used to be able to have your own. Pins yeah, but I mean, they saying, can't. No, you you yeah. can't actually. Have your, but <laughs> but it was um and and then it was the freezing of the bank account. And then what was interesting? Like it just got to these extreme levels because they started freezing bank, bank accounts, accounts of people that well, that donated
0: maybe like fifty dollars
1: to a to a, a crowd raising fund. Well, uh, and uh, based and on I, hold on, but based on uh a list of users that was leaked online from a hacker. So there's not even, there's but not but even validity to the, to the, like, you don't even know how that could have been edited. It wasn't like a government source or from the company. It was a leaked document online, which in the past, it, most people say, Hey, like you should kind of ignore these leaks online, but the government used that. So was, I mean, they, they just, they just went to different media
0: personalities online felt obligated to share that leaked list. Yeah. Like, would you, why would you be doing that? Why would you share a list?
1: Yeah, the response was, was it
0: it was, it just goes to show where we are in the world with populism so high that you're either for or against everything. There's no middle, there's no center, there's no debate, there's no empathy, there's no tell me why you're thinking the way you're thinking and let's discuss it. It's just, I disagree with you, so I'm going to release this information and share it around because these people are obviously wrong.
1: Yeah, it, it, it was it was next level and then to freeze people's bank accounts and then to go in well, then, and, and then to not have dialogue and to not you I mean why and then the the way that the emergency measures act worked was it didn't even go to vote until the Monday after like 6 days afterwards but then it had to get approved by the Senate and what was very interesting is even some of the the gov, the, the current government's sub, uh, kind of you know supporters who were appointed by the current government and their leader they were kind of putting strong opposition and questioning and, and some had already come out and said, we will not be voting to encourage this. And then there was a hastily called news conference. And as soon as they realized it wasn't going to pass the Senate, which means it was going to be rejected. Um, then they hastily called and said, Oh, we don't need it anymore. And I'm like, wow, man, this is the most political maneuvering I've seen in a week. And it's crazily. really, I,
0: and it's really depressing. It's, it's, it's awful. And the reason it's so awful is that like, for, first of all, Do you really freeze a bank account of somebody who made a $50 donation when a protest was maybe legal still and you're then freezing their bank account?
1: Yeah. And when it, if it was deemed illegal officially, how the heck was anyone supposed to know? Yeah. (laughs) Like,
0: yeah. If you see something online, maybe you didn't even know it was illegal and you made a donation. Now let's say you pay rent from that bank account. Let's say you have family members who need your support and help. Let's say you have kids who need food. And if you think you're listening to this that I'm exaggerating, I'm not. This is not a trend that we want to start in this country. Yeah, I mean, this is, listen, I have flashbacks to when our cousin, when we would land in Croatia, our cousin would sing national Croatian songs when it was still the country of Yugoslavia. And when he would get out of the car, he'd say, Tom, okay, we got to stop singing these songs now because other people can hear us and we don't know who's listening. That is a weird, that was in a, communist country and now i feel like in canada you're in this world where it's like wow we can't really even share what we want to share because you don't know who's listening and they're just instantly going to judge you that's not the democracy i want to live in that's not the type of civilization i want to live in society i want to live in
1: well you're not alone i mean we know a lot of people because a lot of people reach out to us and they were just trying to figure they were almost just trying to make sense of it and they're just like what's going on and how is this you know like what are the ramifications like people were almost a little bit in disbelief they're like what how what, what does this look like and a lot of people uh, of these people either themselves had immigrated here or their parents had immigrated here from countries where this type of stuff had happened in the past and they're like this is what we came here to get away from they this come. is a slipper because in their opinion from their experiences in their lives or their, their families' lives, they've they've they look at this. The, the, you know, to your point, they're like, "This is a slippery slope. Like, this is not the type of response to this type of thing that we want." Right. So, and I,
0: and you know what the weird part is, like if I put myself in in a, a person's shoes who was maybe against it, against the protests in, in Ottawa, I sure. guess I guess what I could say to that is that I can see how you can look at anything in the world today, including those protests, and overlay your own bias onto it so for some people they would see that and think that it was like uh, you know against everything they stood for that they wanted you know uh they didn't they thought the people there were cheering to downthrow the government and take the government off and if there was a small faction of that in there that's all they saw so they were against it and then they felt that they were justified in their response to it so I think you could almost pick any little piece out of a, any protest all, uh, almost, see what you don't like and say I'm against that, oh, shut it down. Sure. But I really think that's what was happening there.
1: Yeah, but but yes. But uh, I, again, I, I want to remove that from the conversation. So I, I understand why you're bringing that up. But I think it's more important to remove that from the conversation altogether. But l- let's say that that they're, that they're tr- that's true and they're correct. There's many other ways. That to go about this type of thing to remove this protest. Sure. And like we saw... <laughs> like, the Emergency Measures Act. Yeah, like you saw on the, you know, on the bridge and stuff. And, you know, like, you know, there is this thing in, in the world which solves a lot of problems. And and that's communication solves a lot of problems. But I mean, you know, when you're on your high horse and you refuse to kind of communicate with people and some people thought they shouldn't or something, that's that's fine. But then there is well, regular they, police... Policing, they, they thought and they
0: shouldn't because they were dealing with what they thought were essentially terrorists and you just don't Communicate
1: with them. Well, I don't know if they thought that, or that's what they decided to label them for media and narrative purposes. Sure, I'm just fair. playing the flip side and saying yeah.
0: that's why their communication seemed to to break down there.
1: Sure, but but I mean, there's just but but then I mean, they they communicated with the terrorists on the the Windsor Bridge and, and got them off. I mean, yeah, there's only they put the really, little
0: pamphlets. You're right, they put the little pamphlets to say we're coming. But there was only a handful
1: of arrests. at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah. There was only a handful little of arrests agreed. there, right? Like there was like literally, I, I forget the number, but it was a very small number, and, and there was like seven cars were towed or something like it was, it was tiny, you know, and they, they, they opened that up. So I think this
0: just means we all as Canadians need to understand our charter of rights and freedoms better than I have in the past. I think the last living person who was involved in writing it out was an ex premier of Newfoundland who is now in the process of suing the government because he's the one saying, Hey, I was involved in actually creating or writing out this charter of rights. And it was kind of been misrepresented or maybe just torn up over the last little while. So it's going to be interesting to see over the next few months and years the kind of the ramifications of what just happened mm. here in Canada.
1: It's weird. A lot of court cases that have gone through in the U.S. around, you know, different rights and stuff. I know those are different... They've made it to these courts before uh, already, and they've kind of, you know, some of the regulations over the last couple of years have basically been thrown out. A lot of them have. The ones in Canada, the lawsuits that I've seen haven't really been. They don't yeah, really I don't really seen, seen to them get anywhere. get anywhere yet. I've seen more recent ones starting to get some judgments, and they're starting to put some big questions on some of the, uh, some of the things. But but it's just the very smi- minor things. They're almost the only ones I've seen is a, a more around like, um, a family court around parenting with kids and what different views Got are it. and that type of stuff. I've, I've seen some judgments that way, but any any big ones haven't. But and We but, need a legal
0: expert on, like, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms yeah. in Canada. I don't well, know much I know about Alberta,
1: it. I know Alberta is continuing with their lawsuit against the federal government stating that it was just complete overreach. So that's a, a, a province that's suing the federal government still, and they said they're going to continue with it because of this thing. So it'll be interesting to see... Where that goes, because they're like, we don't want this in our province. Like, we there's no need for it. We've handled our thing. There's no need for this. Oh, they felt it's just tough to well, separate because they,
0: they isn't it. It's a conservative government in power provincially there in the Alberta government. So sometimes I, I just think is that just then politics. I don't know because yeah. it's liberal at the federal level, conservative at the provincial level. Who's the
1: Saskatchewan guy? I forget his name. Scott Mo, I think. I don't know much about. I, him I don't know, know what pa- what party they are, but he's he's taking a similar approach as well. I don't know if he's involved in lawsuit mm-hmm. or not, but at one point he was he was speaking up against it as well. But I don't know. I don't I don't know what party that he is. Because you're right. So much is politicized now. It's tough. And then the screwed and, up everything. And, and it's tough to figure out
0: uh, even on from the media being reported what's what are really the facts. There's no there's so much nuance to all of this. That you almost need someone to break
1: down the nuance, and it's like, where do we all go? Like, I remember, and I was sharing this with you before. I, I remember when I was a kid, so we used to get the Toronto Star growing up at our house all the time, right? It was like daily daily yeah, subscription section, man. Yeah. So rip it open. But I, I used to, when we uh, would eat, we would sit, like, we would, you and I would sit there, and sometimes with our parents too, and we would just read the paper. We wouldn't even talk to each other. We would mm-hmm. eat and read the paper. So that's what it is now, paper, except you're just on your phone yeah, yeah.
0: before you had the paper.
1: But there used to be this thing in the media, and they would pick a subject, and I remember this in the Star. And and maybe they still do it. I don't know. I don't see it online anywhere because it's either like everything's slanted one way or the other. And it would be about one subject and there would be two writers taking opposing views of the subject, giving the, the, the polar opposite points of views and arguments. And I was like, wow, it was very insightful because then you got to see what kind of some people believed and what other people believed. And I I don't see sources for that anymore. I just see Because the
0: algorithms want the next click and they know that you're likely going to click on the next thing that agrees with your thought process. And it could take you down a more to a more extreme path because it just gets a little bit crazier, a little bit crazier, a little bit crazier. Whereas in the paper, what I appreciated about it, you're forced to see the other headlines because it's staring at you in print.
1: Yes, except... Let's, like, you know, look at the Toronto Star now. How much of, let's say, a more conservative viewpoint do they offer? Probably very little. Look at the National Post. How much of a more liberal viewpoint do they offer? So, so I think the media outlets have also changed a little. I think that existed before, but not to the same but extent. But the
0: reason that exists, in my opinion, with the, with those two papers. For clickbait headlines. For clickbait yeah. headlines. Because yeah, they true. lost the battle to revenue to Google And because they didn't go to a pay-per-play model early because they were so threatened about Google sharing content basically for free in their search engine results, they just started going to clickbait to get ad revenue from people clicking as opposed to locking down their subscriptions really early and saying, hey, if you really want real journalism, you have to pay us like 10 bucks a month to get this. They didn't do that. So then their whole revenue model just died when everybody stopped getting the newspaper and they were reduced to getting clicks on Google, just like everyone else. And our media got destroyed.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think that just kind no, of that's just, a a, it. it's a valid argument. And, and I then think,
0: now I think the federal government just funds hundreds of millions of dollars into different media outlets like the Toronto star and the CBC, well, the CBC
1: numbers is, is outrageous. I think it's mid 70% number. Someone would have to fact check that. But I mean, I'm, I'm from the last I read is, is their, their revenue, the vast majority. Comes from the federal government funding, so it seems it would be hard. I mean, look, if the vast majority of of our revenue in our business came from one single source, we would probably be a little bit slanted towards that sure, source. you Let's have an be incentive. Fair. We yeah. all play to you, incentives, I mean. right?
0: So that's uh, so. And then the bigger thing, just to fact check: the last ten minutes of our own discussion would probably take us three days. You know that, right? Just all the things. Yeah, I,
1: I wish I didn't even say fact check. I don't <laughs> like that that term. But uh,
0: but um, the uh, what was I think very insightful to a lot of people around the world so that when the government froze bank accounts, that was tipping their hand to a future that I thought was five to 10 years away mm-hmm. where a lot of people, I don't want to even bring up anybody's name today. Um, but a lot of people have told us over the years that not even over the years, over the last couple of months, that as, as governments get more desperate, they will take action, including seizing assets. And Nick, you, you probably know the person I'm referring to, but, and when they said that to us. I'm like,
1: that's outrageous. Yeah, that's kind of, well. In Canada, I know, Not I I, I, No, I actually didn't even think it was outrageous. No, for I me just it, thought was it was like, like, well, that's extreme and we'll kind of see that. I thought, I'm like, okay, we'll see it coming.
0: Yeah, we'll see it coming. Yeah. And they were talking, um, more, you know, more about real estate and that kind of thing. And I thought, okay, you know what? I think five to 10 years from now, as these governments get more and more broke, there is the possibility that one day, maybe, maybe in a country like Canada, they don't do asset seizure because that's aggressive and they just tax the heck out of it so that if you own investment property, you know, the income you have coming in, thank you very much, that's taxed at 90% now and we get the majority of it and that's one way to kind of just seize a revenue stream without, without seizing ownership of the asset, right? Um, but then to see them do this to bank accounts, to citizens of their own country... It kind of tipped their hand and it made me feel like everything that we've talked about over the last few years is the right thing to be doing. You know how we've talked about gold and silver now, Bitcoin over the last few years, um, to have hard assets to outrun the monetary policy, but also to have hard money that you control and custody yourself. I feel like it's, it's more important than ever. And this proved the case. And I bet some of the stronger powers in the world at the central banking level wish Trudeau never did that. Because they kind of he kind of just showed the world a little bit. I know, I know this is maybe getting a little crazy, but he kind of just showed the world a little bit that when a when a when a government gets feels like it's backed into a corner, it's going to react strongly and swiftly and it's gonna seize things. Mm-hmm. And and I know someone listening to this, well, no, it's Canada, and that was a protest, deemed illegal, and you know, they had every right to do that. I don't know. That's like you said earlier, it's a slippery
1: slope. Mm-hmm. And well, when I, and you can I, arbitrarily de- deem something illegal, it, well, it, it creates a problem. And, too, and right?
0: when you can arbitrarily say the money that you thought was yours, Nick Karadza, No, it's not. No, you have to fight for it. Cause we just shut it down. Yeah.
1: Well, that was the next step. I'm saying when they arbitrarily just, you know, say it's illegal to, to get to that point. Well, I mean, look, it, 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 it was definitely uh, it, it, whether you're, you're, you're a gold person or a Bitcoin person, if you look at them as similar things for this particular purpose, it was a very good commercial. It was like yeah. one the best commercial of being able to self-custody some of your own wealth to be able to keep it outside of the system. did the RCMP the the even government.
0: report some tweets from some CEOs in the US who run some Bitcoin exchanges who were saying to self-custody your Bitcoin and they reported them or something? Or the was that RCMP, the OSC? The o- Sorry, it was the OSC in Ontario reported, reported that to the RCMP? Yes. Like, I mean, we just hit Banana Republic levels. Yeah,
1: yeah. And to self custody means if you had it on an exchange where you bought the Bitcoin, these these, these CEOs said, "Hey, you might want to take it off the exchange, so you're holding it yourself in uh, some sort of you know hard uh, hardware, hardware wallet. wallet, and 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 or it could be even a software wallet, but let's say a hardware wallet yourself." Um, and the OSC looked at that as that could be problematic, and, and reported that to the RCMP.
0: And then, if you are listening to this and you see, that's headl- like taking money out of the bank account. Yeah. Oh my gosh, these people are telling you to take the money out of the bank and put it in your report mattress. them, report them, <laughs> report them. Listen, if you are listening to this and you saw headlines and you and you thought to yourself, "Oh, look, you can kind of lock down crypto or Bitcoin," just know that you really can't if you want. Get a hardware wallet from a company called Ledger.com or Cold Card here in Canada. There's Trezor. another one called Trezor. There's a bunch of them. These are things that allow you to take your Bitcoin or any other crypto that you think you like off the exchange and custody it yourself. And that's what a hardware wallet is doing. So those are some of the most popular ones that we just shared. So you can look into that. So the next thing, Nick, because there's even more to talk about there, is just this war that now has broken out and the ukraine is awful and i can't believe in 2022 that we're you know we're seeing something like this and it's also to me the conclusion or or the beginning of the conclusion of a us dollar reserve status as a debt bubble grows to the level as it has. And, and let me explain, because I'm not going to comment on the war, the, the lives and everything that's going on is, is just Oh God. You know, yeah. There's horrible. no argument. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah absolutely that's... horrible. And now if we look at it from an angle of what, what is happening here over the last few years, Russia has reduced its U S treasury exposure. They've reduced the amount of, so basically countries have saved their foreign exchange reserves in things like U S treasuries, because that's always been considered the gold standard of bonds. And Russia has been steadily decreasing their holdings of U.S. Treasuries and increasing their holdings of gold. China, over the last decade and about 10 years ago, they came up with the new Silk Road. I think they were calling it the Belt and Road Initiative, where they were no longer going to continue to increase their U.S. Treasury holdings. Instead, they were going to take the U.S. dollars coming their way from all of us here in North America consuming all the products that they create and take that money and buy assets all around the world. We saw it in Croatia ourselves because they're the they're the, they're the money behind the biggest bridge being built oh, in Croatia. Croatia. What's the matter with Croatia? No, no, I'm just it, saying but, a small small example where they're taking money and buying assets. Yeah, but around in the Canada
1: world. we sell our natural resources to these Chinese sure. companies. We have been for for a long time. So China's right?
0: basically decided we're not going to stockpile any more U.S. Treasuries. Where instead we're going to buy assets or lend money to the creation of different assets and companies around the world. And that's how we're going to keep our savings. We're going to buy assets. That, that itself is really interesting thinking that they're going to buy assets, but the fact that they're not building up their U S treasuries even more is a big political thing in my mind, because if they just saved all their money in U S treasuries, the U S has then a lot of power To dictate to China what they can and can't do. Because if you're holding all of your savings in US Treasuries and I'm the one that issued that debt, you basically need me to repay that debt or not to inflate my dollars to oblivion in order not to ruin your savings. So by them lowering their need for US Treasuries for their financial savings, it really puts them in the power position where they're less. I'm not saying the U.S. doesn't have some control here still. US, I think China still controls about $3 trillion in U.S. treasuries. Um, but now China— down. It
1: was down a trillion. It wasn't up, yeah, to, it was four. up to $4 trillion,
0: down a trillion. Uh, what's a trillion here, trillion there? A <laughs> it trillion like here, a trillion there. I mean, what, did, what are we talking about? But then China has been increasing their gold— holdings so if you just look at the right what a on the coincidence wall, yeah if you just look at the writing on gold that they custody themselves this i feel like this is going to be a theme for the next decade like what do you custody yourself your money your assets what is it that you hold personally um but it gives them a lot more control so then when you see this war breaking out you need and then now the u.s response has been to lock Russia out of some of the SWIFT system, I think they're leaving some banks open so that they can do en- so they can buy energy or oil from Russia. So that's the importance of energy. But when you lock Russia out of the SWIFT system and you basically say, we're going to make it harder for you to sell some of your products exchange for US dollars. You should
1: explain just in general. So some people might not understand what the SWIFT system is. Oh, sorry. The is. SWIFT
0: system is basically the way internationally we send money around the world. So if you want to wire money to your friend in Argentina, the really the only way to get it there is through a financial transaction process that is called the SWIFT so system. International
1: intercountry money Yeah, transfers. and it's
0: supposed to be a neutral body that controls that, but everybody with kind of like a wink and a nod knows that the U.S. has some control over that, more so than other countries, so that when they want to do sanctions on a country like Iran in the past, They've closed down the SWIFT system to Iran, which has made it really difficult for for a country to then receive money incoming and send money outgoing. And that's what they've now done to Russia. And Russia feels like, I feel like they've been preparing for this by saying we have less U.S. Treasury than we had before. They still have a, a bunch, but we have more gold, we have a lot of oil, and I feel like they're kind of sitting back saying, bring it. And I don't even know if the U.S. realizes that when you block out – Uh, The demand for U.S. dollars by blocking out a big energy exporter, the value of your currency changes because there's less need for it if big powers start selling energy between themselves without using U.S. dollars to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. between what's happened in Canada from the kind of perspective of the bank accounts and people understanding that at any time they could just shut off access to some funds there and what's happening now in in with with the swift system in russia you know people might start waking up to see like hey there's you might not have as much control over things as as you thought because things can change and i'm not saying you know with in 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 regards to russia i'm not saying it's 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 right or wrong what 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 they've done with the swift swift system but you got to think like you know you you gotta think they saw this coming. It, it it's, oh my gosh, it's it's for the sure. same response they've done. Well they saw every the US other time. do
0: it to Iran. So US Well, they've done their, it to multiple countries yeah, over history. Like yeah. this is
1: this was like they so they knew this so, this was not a surprise yeah, to Russia. Whether whether, you know, you can you can call comment you can call probably Putin a lot of things based on what the actions here, but he's not he's probably not the stupidest person in the world. And you've gotta think that, that was on the someone put that on the radar somewhere and they probably said, Okay, well we should prepare for something. Um, around this this money transfers, and we'll see where it goes. What, what was interesting is that for the people of Russia, Usage of Bitcoin jumped dramatically, and what else they're doing is uh, luxury goods. Actually, the sales of luxury goods in Russia have jumped dramatically as well. Because what people are doing is they're trying to get their while their money is worth something and they can still get access to some of it, they're trying to put it in the assets that they feel will hold their value as possible. They're trying to remove it from bank accounts, and they're having trouble. So now it's happened in Canada. And now it's happened in Russia to the people as well, where all of a sudden you can't get access to your funds or the value of your funds changes very fast overnight. And, a lot and to of be the fair, at a much get smaller
0: level in Canada with our example, a hundred percent,
1: sorry, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But I am just saying like, it's, it, it's just, I think I'm using that one because it's, it, some people will might look at, you know, the Russian one is like, it's far away, but it, it's the it things happens. that you think don't happen here because they happen in these far away countries and it's not the same. Well, there's some signs that, hey, they happen here too. You know what I mean? And yes, much smaller. The circumstances are substantially different. Like, I get that. But it's not It's not as unrealistic as you might think. You know, it's just like, you know, you always share that when uh, our aunt, uh, Teta Eva, so that's aunt incorporation and her name was Eva, um, when she was uh, trading uh, German marks for U.S. dollars, like, oh, because of hyperinflation stuff. Well, that Dinar's, was... Dinars, Dinars for Dinar's, German sorry, marks. Sorry, sorry. When... Um, that was uh, that was in ex-Yugoslavia, like that's a long time ago, that's in like the Yugoslavia, like that's way back then, that doesn't kind of happen, you know, that's, uh, that doesn't, I don't have to think about that stuff. You know what, you kind of do have to think about that stuff, you have to at least, part of what, in my opinion, part of what you own, part of what you earn, you should be putting in some sort of funds or in some place where you're protected from these circumstances. Part? Well, yeah. Well, the part can be ninety nine percent if you want it to be. It's you know, but it's uh, it's a big part. You know,
0: someone was just asking me the other day. They're like, "What do you and what what percentage of uh, do you and Nick think you should take of any incoming money? And you know, what goal would you have to buy real estate or buy Bitcoin or whatever? It is, if gold's your thing, whatever. Versus like,
1: what keeping in cash?
0: Yeah, and I'm like, no, we think the reverse. How little cash do we need to have on hand, and all the rest we'll put in those other things. Yeah. Like it's not a goal to get. It's 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 a really reverse. It's like how little cash do we need in our lives, and everything else will just push into that other it's, stuff. It's
1: come to a point where it's almost just put it in anything, anything, and then just then it's like you know how good of anything can you get? Yeah, you know, like and on a scale, a scale of one to because it's if
0: a, it's a Louis Vuitton bag or if it's something probably better to have something a little harder than luxury goods if you're trying to store your wealth I'm not but those bags actually do keep their value those purses do keep their value so, I don't know that's how
1: I sold myself and <laughs> <in> buying <laughs> something for my wife but I didn't I didn't want to yeah, but I had I to do. sell myself somehow yeah. but they uh, but they do but but when you're when you're you know when things change quick remember what happened in Greece people were buying appliances yeah, I'll never for forget that type furniture of furniture because it was like you got to get your hands on anything that might hold some value when, when it happens quick then you got to react quick and then if you have capital. You're just like, what can I get? And what can I get my hands on now?
0: So a few minutes ago, you said that more people are waking up to this fact that you should be doing this by taking some of your money and cussing yourself and some good hard assets. But I, I, I still feel like it's the fringe minority with unacceptable views that are thinking that way. And it's not the majority. I feel like, unfortunately, the majority of people, because if you look at Russia, why was everyone lined up at the ATM? Uh, you know, in the, some of the clips that w- we saw, yeah, like, why a- are people not prepared for these things? No one ever seems prepared at all. Like how many Canadians right now are prepared for, let's say, okay, let's say this, um, this war escalates. It doesn't end in a few days or weeks like maybe many people think, and it well, escalates. a few days has already passed. Gone, yeah. yeah. okay, so we're already beyond what maybe some people thought it would be. But let's say um, it continues, and this turns into other nations now getting into cyber attacks. What happens if some, someone does a cyber attack on Canada? And shuts down the visa system for a week because of a cyber attack, because of some wars that are going on in the world. Who's prepared for that? Here,
1: well, have you been during Christmas? Have you been to a place when you know when, when it's in, cash the, only? The, yeah, the inter well, the interact system has gone down or visa like that's happened on yeah. occasions. Disaster. And you go to, yeah, people no one. Don't know everyone what to just do.
0: starts looking at themselves. Yeah, and then I stroll in with the cash in my pocket and I'm able to still function. <laughs>
1: my a couple of my friends laugh at me. They're like, "Why do you carry so much cash? It's not a, it's not a ton of cash, but it's not like five dollars. A lot of them don't carry any cash at all." And I'm just like, well, because you never know when you're going to need it. If I'm in a situation, right. I want I want some cash on me to get me in that situation.
0: Yeah, and and uh, those situations when the power went out in Mississauga like 15 years, no, uh, like 16 years ago. The only way I got uh, 17, 18 years ago, know. 18 years ago. Aidan's 19. That
1: was a great. That was it, a great time. I remember it, sitting in. the, we, we got power back quickly. And while other people didn't have air conditioning and stuff, we were at our, uh, I was at my parents' house, and I invited friends over into the pool. Yeah, so stuff. while you were partying, was I was
0: trying to get milk for Aiden because we yeah. had no uh, power for three days. And the only reason I convinced one convenience store owner to get me milk is because I put a twenty dollar bill on the glass door and said, "Exchange for the milk, I'll give you this twenty bucks," which at the time was like four bucks or three bucks for a big thing of milk. And, uh, he did the exchange for me. And, and as soon as he opened the door, unlocked the door, other people from the Sobeys in the same mall saw what was happening. They ran, I got in my little Honda civic and bolted out of there with the milk. And that was the, taught me the lesson that I will always carry cash.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, yeah, and, and that makes sense. And, but to circle back for a second, like with all, all this stuff we're talking about, let's bring real estate into the, into the picture, because we're talking about some extreme circumstances and then we got to consider, well, the, the real estate's not going to help you with cash you know, on hand during these times. So that's not going to help you any, right? So that's naturally what people are going to think. So what do you, what do you, what do you say to that? I mean, for me, it's like, well, yeah, that's, it serves a different purpose.
0: Yeah. I think it's just a completely different purpose. That's an ass. I just want to own
1: assets in my life. And even if everything gets revalued against something else could be revalued against M&Ms, which seems, you know, it, it seems extreme, right? It really does seem extreme, but we've, we're kind of, in some ways we're already, seeing that now we,
0: we are especially in canada because listen i'm holding some of what i would call my cash in us dollars nick when did we ever hold some of our liquid cash as canadians in us dollars so now we are both doing that and and we're doing it because we're able maybe because of it is we're able to get some return some interest because we're holding it as usdc right now and we're able to get a good interest uh, rate get yeah. good interest rate but in my mind We're going to how many people around the world think that you have your day-to-day currency for buying goods and services like day-to-day. You have some medium-term savings that you keep in the US dollar. And then you have longer-term savings, which would to me be Bitcoin and maybe some properties, rental income, assets, income producing assets. And there's this kind of graduation or division of how you look at your life. Whereas I think most Canadians have always thought, oh, you just Hold Canadian dollars and you're good. You hold them in your bank account and everything's denominated in Canadian dollars. The odd person, if they have a property in Florida, has a U.S. bank account. But I think more and more over the next few years, we're going to see a lot of Canadians have multiple currencies that never held multiple currencies regularly before.
1: Mm -hmm. I think the inflation that we've seen recently has maybe kind of opened some people's eyes to this as well. You think right? so? I think for some people, because it's it's. I think most people are just blind to it. See, I don't know, because because in the past when you spoke about inflation, the number was smaller, and it, you know, over a period of time, so you would it was easier to talk about these the circumstances where it hits, and those circumstances where it hits these larger levels were kind of in the past, uh, were in other areas, or they were in the past, right? But now, right here. You're seeing it in, in so many different areas, like whether it's just across, like go to a restaurant, go to the grocery store, like gas. everything, yeah, gas, like the prices are up But I think everywhere. people just
0: look at that and say, oh, the price of gas is up.
1: Yeah, but when you, but now if you can talk to them about it and they can see the impact you can, and they, you explain this inflation thing, they get it more because it's impacting their, their everyday lives. Whereas before, I just think it took people longer to be able to understand it. I think that's maybe. what I'm that's what I'm saying. So I don't know if it's maybe more, you're more positive and a nicer person
0: after. Well, maybe all. it's just more people think it's right in front of your eyes. Like it's hard to. It's just hard to explain to people that the price isn't going up. It's the val. It's taking more of your dollars to buy whatever you're trying to buy. So it's the devaluation of your currency. And when whenever I say that, people just kind of look at me like, "Okay, we knew you were crazy, and you are." You know, like I, I find that it's really hard to tell someone like, "Listen, the reason it's taking more dollars to buy." gas tank of gas is because the value of your dollars is falling. It's not that really the price of the oil or the gas that's going up.
1: Yeah. See, I have the conversation about if you're not earning this percent on your savings, then you're falling, falling behind. behind. That's maybe a nicer way to so put it. So it's a more straightforward thing. Cause I don't, you know, and then I might get into that sometimes, but it's just like, yeah. And they'll talk about prices. and be like, yeah. So like if it just think about it, so if you have a hundred grand in the bank, How much money did you lose over the last year Mm -hmm. unless you earned what, you know, at least about a 15% return. That was the amount of money created, right? That was from Mm -hmm. 2020 to 2021, I think. I don't don't know the last years. But, you know, it's somewhere in there. If you're not earning that much, you're falling behind. And it just kind of hits home. They're like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like,
0: and then in Canada, everybody just turns to the real estate market. For any Americans listening to this, our real estate market is like your stock market. How everybody piles into the stock market in the U.S. is how Canadians pile into the real estate market. Yeah, Look, you know
1: what? On this, on this note, go back to the, the luxury handbags for a second. Because this is interesting. Because it seems, you know, you wouldn't think like a leather handbag. But based on where inflation's gone if you bought one of those to protect your purchasing power versus, <laughs> yeah. leave, versus leave your money in the bank account, <laughs> probably <done> you're <laughs> actually probably, your purchasing power has been more protected in the luxury handbag yeah. than in the bank account.
0: For sure. Especially like a Hermes bag or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's got to be like one of yeah, those yeah, high-end like high end. ones. Like, the you know, they're the kind of ridiculous yeah. ones that are are a little bit hard to get. But if you got one of those, well, just like Rolex, Rolexes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? You're been better off putting your money in one of those goods then leaving the bank, which is completely counterintuitive. And, and it, I don't feel like that's the way it should work. It's like savers are being penalized, mm-hmm. right? And that's the, it, it, and it just, and, and just that's p- what happens. Sorry. And then, but that's why society. So let's say if we go circle back to the beginning with the truckers and I know it was like, you know, uh, the COVID mandates and all that type of stuff however there's a, I feel like with a lot of these types of protests and these 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 movements there's this underlying frustration with just things in general and a lot of that comes back to to this to the financial repre- uh, oppression that's going on with through inflation and I think that that causes a lot of this to be amplified for people to the get to the point where they want these larger scale mass protests and stuff whereas if they were their finances or their financial ability to save and earn and kind of postpone their um
0: gratification thank sure.
1: you yeah then then that solves some of this at least uh, maybe not all of it because i know the covid stuff with the truckers is different but i mean it's gotta help and for a lot of other causes especially when we talk about causes where of uh, for like inequality with people in different segments of the population that would 100 help 100 percent. sure and it allows people to think the ability to plan and
0: think long term makes great things happen because if you're focused always to just take immediate action with your cash because it's losing value, you don't save capital. Like the whole idea of capitalism is to accumulate capital to then invest where you take some risk and hopefully if you've done it smartly, you get a return on that risk. That's like capitalism to me. Whereas we've now lived in a world where Banks can take risks and not die. So that's not capitalism. You have a world where money loses value so quickly that the accumulation of capital to be able to build and use it for great things diminishes because if you don't push your capital into something immediately, it loses value. So you can't plan for bigger and better things. You can't save. You don't accumulate capital. It just destroys the fabric of everything. And that's why so many people who are into Bitcoin will say Bitcoin fixes this and they get like obliterated for it. But really, there's just like a lot of basic truth to that statement. So much of what is wrong in the world with political views and populism, with the inability for governments to really plan and do any great things anymore, it's because the currency and the debt system that we're in doesn't really allow it.
1: Uh, Yeah. I'm laughing because I, I, you're, I agree with what you're saying, and then it just made me think of the. Um, and I don't know the details; I didn't look into it. But the State of the Union uh, address from Biden was recent, and I think they're trying to build back, uh, bring back that big spending um, plan. That, oh, are they, they build, build back, back better, better? But they've called it something else now. But and I don't know the number, but they're <laughs> right, trying to go. So into of, marketing. They're trying now. to, yeah. I think it's like a Build a Stronger America or something like that. Okay, I don't know. but. Um, so they're and I'm like wow they're gonna do this like are they gonna try to really force the spending through again seeing what all the spending did when you know the, the kind of COVID spending what it did to the economy and how it kind of it caused all this stuff are they gonna try to push through a but whole bunch more they I know are. I know they have to but I'm just like it, it, it's I know unbelievable. They, I, yeah, It's yeah yeah that's what it is like I get it like I get that they have to but I still I, it's, okay so and, and it's it, it I maybe the, like I don't know if anything good came out of COVID but the only. Th- Thing that you can, some there's a couple things you can maybe take away, and one is that the speed at which uh, it kind of accelerated this this trend has really maybe made it apparent to some people, a handful. Let's call it a handful more people. I hope you're right. Because you see the trend of what's happening, and it's like, well, how do they reverse it now?
0: I hope you're right.
1: Right? You know, and inter- uh, well, I mean, interest rates just went up, right? But it's a quarter point. And it's like, like, what's that? Like- <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. Thank God you brought that up. So interest rates in Canada went up a quarter point. So let's think about, it. Let's break this down a little bit. Property prices year over year. Let's not even go back two years. Just in one year are up about 28% across the country in general. Some cities, I think uh, Deirdre Dunn was just here. She was just saying that in... Uh, uh, well, many it, cities well, are thirty-two. It was 30 like thirty-eight plus. or forty yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah, okay, yeah, but across the country, averages are crap. But on average, twenty-eight percent in the last year, and now our inflation rate is five point one percent. And, which is the highest rate in Canada in 30 years, since
1: 1991. Yeah, 5.1%, so, excluding anything that you actually want to care about. excluding yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: anything yeah. that you actually want to spend your money on. Like, or, like food shelter. or housing Don't or include, fuel. Let's not include mortgage. <laughs> yeah, let's not include shelter, oil, steaks, yeah. <laughs> anything yeah. actually good. 5.1% for just junk. is if, Junk is up 5.1%. Everything else is up like 15 to 28%. But anyway, 5.1% for 30 years. And our Bank of Canada in January, with, the, with that data staring them in the face, decided not to raise interest rates in January, even though the stated goal on the Bank of Canada's website is 2% inflation target. Then in this month, in March, they just raised them a quarter point with properties going up 28% and inflation at 5.1%, a quarter point. And this has been going around the internet um, a, a lot right now is that... A quarter point increase on a variable rate mortgage is an increase of $12 a month for every $100,000 borrowed. $12 a month for every $100,000 borrowed. That's what they've done to try to curb inflation. Yeah. If that's not the biggest joke that we've ever seen, when are they ever going to raise interest rates? In any meaningful way, because I know they just did. So when I say that, I always mean in a meaningful way. And then here, listen to this. Here's what I try Wait, to break. These are, the,
1: these are the same types of government organizations that said that property prices were going to drop by 28% while they were printing. 18. 18, was, it 18, 18, so 18 it was 18, sorry, 18% while they were pumping in, you <laughs> yeah. know, build, tens of billions people of sold dollars. Their to, to, yeah. Some
0: people sold their properties on that on that headline. Now
1: listen. So they must know what they're talking about.
0: Nick, the government obviously always knows what they're talking about. I don't know what you're insinuating here. Okay, the government knows what they're talking about. You know what? They should have taken
1: that money from the crowdfunding, and they should have just said, "Hey, guys, look here. Here's what we're going to do. We don't know what we're doing. No, they should have taken. (laughs) They said, like, look, we're going to freeze all this money. We're going to take it. Okay, we're going to take a party because our debt's out of control, and we're going to pay the debt with it. Thanks for contributing. Then at least some some people be like, oh my god, okay, at least you're putting it to uh, use.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy smokes! So the So this is how I've recently been trying to explain it. I don't think it really works well, but some people have been saying. I was giving, I was, I was donating blood the other day, and there was someone next to me when they were when the headlines across CP24 at this blood donation place was saying uh, interest rates were about to rise and property prices were out of control. And the lady next to me, a little bit older, she was saying, "Well, yeah, they're going to have to raise interest rates. Real estate property prices are out of control, and they're they're going to raise interest rates because this is all out of control." And I just thought to myself, so many people don't know the basic math, and the basic math is there's. 300 trillion dollars of debt in the world if you raise interest rates one percent on 300 trillion that's three trillion dollars if you raise them three percent and to me that would be meaningful three percent raises then meaningful that's nine trillion dollars in new interest payments where does that money come from because It's not like the new money grows on trees to make the extra interest payments because interest rates have risen. That money has to come from somewhere else in the economy. $9 trillion is no laughing matter. $9 trillion is the equivalent of the German GDP, the French GDP, uh, the GDP of France and the GDP of like India combined. If you raise rates 3%, you, you literally will have to crush the stock market because people will have to sell assets to pay for the I- new interest payments.
1: You which takes more, real, Which takes more money out of the system.
0: Which takes more money out of the, you crush real estate which because take, people have to sell properties and then more money out this of the will shrink ultimately the GDP because people have less spending money. The tax revenues from the government get less. They then have less tax revenues to make their own interest payments. The debt does not change. If the GDP shrinks in a country because you've raised interest rates to pull, make the economy kind of slow down your debt as a percentage of a shrinking GDP looks bigger and bigger and bigger. This is why it's mathematically impossible for them to raise interest rates in any meaningful way. And it's why the bank of Canada stalled in January and they only did a little quarter point right now. So they can talk a big game, but they're going nowhere with interest rates. It's just mathematically impossible. And now a lot of the headline data on just durable goods shipments, everything that you're seeing from come from the States is kind of signaling that a recession's on, on its way.
1: Or a slowdown. Or not at least
0: a slowdown. So now if there's n- less economic growth coming our way, doesn't that mean they're going to pump more dollars into the system? Because they can't have the GDP shrink against a large debt situation. Because again, your debt looks bigger as a percentage of GDP if the GDP shrinks. It's look, I mean, I, 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 but is this clear when I talk about it or is I it think just so. not clear? It's a
1: balancing act and they got to, they got, it's got to stay that way. They're walking a fine line, but, the, but no, I, I think I, it's clear. Yeah. I think it's if we clear. all I mean, know
0: this, doesn't everybody, shouldn't everybody just right now? No,
1: no one should do anything. <laughs> no, here's why. Because you, you think of that, cause you know, you were, you were saying to me like, well, I'm surprised that you think that many people No, because everyone's got their own problems. So, you know, you, you deal with your own problems and like then your day-to-day life, your problems. day-to-day yeah. life. Like, yeah, you're just worried about whatever it is. You got to get home to drive your kids someplace. I mean, with, with, you know, I was had to uh, just talk to my daughter for about a half hour this morning about some stuff, you know, and I was driving in here just thinking about that, like my, my family. So I'm not thinking about this stuff. So if I'm in that zone and I'm worried about my own, my, what I have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, I'm not thinking about this. But once it's on your radar, what I found is the people, once they understand it and it's on their radar, then you start seeing signs about different things. Then you start thinking about it. But to get it on people's radar. It's tough. Yeah. And then you're right. Then people should be doing whatever you were going to say before I cut you off.
0: I was gonna just say pick the hard assets that you like. I don't know gold, silver, bitcoin, real estate, whatever you think is the best hard asset you can buy. The Hermes bag, whatever it is, and buy some of it, or or not buy some of it. Sell your Canadian dollars.
1: Don't say that's the, my wife, eh? just for the record. She, I'm the, gonna tell her tonight. The Hermes bag. Yeah, I'm gonna is tell her. I'm gonna drive by your house and me? say,
0: you know what? Nick said for the record that you
1: should own more Hermes bags. She'll jump. Not more. She'll, I don't. <laughs> I want to be clear here, but she. Um. I don't want her to jump on that bandwagon. I mean, there's enough. You know, she'll jump on that one quick. She'll be like, yeah, okay, no problem. She'll uh, I, I be just, you no, know, there's some shoes called Jimmy
0: Choo, man. There's Jimmy Choo, something oh, yeah. about Red souls. I think Jimmy that's Choo. That's not Jimmy Choo. No, no. What are Red soul shoes? <laughs> that's
1: Christian Louboutin. Oh, the fact yeah. that
0: you know that's amazing to I, me. I, I
1: met it. Well, I stood in line at Holt's downtown to meet him with my wife when no. he was here. Yeah, this was a few years ago. Never admit that. Oh no, it was great. I you should see. I talked to him. I, really? I like I talked to him like, hey man, like, you know, it was really smart marketing what you did with these Red soul things. Like it was great. Like people think. So <laughs> who's the go- guy? Uh, Christian Louboutin. Oh, I have okay. a picture with him. We put really? him in the newsletter one. Did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that was great, man. I was great. Because that was, I mean, that guy's a, he's like a oh, world, sure he's a nice world guy, but famous. He was looking at me like this meathead guy. He mm-hmm. said, What is this meathead doing here? Talking to mm-hmm. me about these shoes. And I, I great marketing.
0: Like, You're just, yeah, congratulating him on his great oh, yeah. marketing. Great yeah. marketing, dude. And I said,
1: oh, I like, I like the, what you do with all the studs. Cause they had ones with all these studs on them. I'm like, yeah, it looks pretty cool with all the studs. You, you know what you should
0: have told me? should <laughs> say, Thank you for producing something else that keeps its value greater than the Canadian dollar. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. would have really freaked the guy out. Hey, listen, yeah. I just want to thank you for bringing something into the world that holds its value better than our dollar.
1: I've, I wanted to also tell him, I'm like, you know what's really smart? The way you the soles rub off because when people walk, they rub the red off. I go, you know, you should, it's at first I was going to tell him you should get figures out a way that that doesn't happen, so they always stay red. People don't like. But that. then you realized. Then I realized like people need to buy more. Once they're so rubbed off, I'm like, oh, that's smart. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, more people are picking up on what's happening. You're right, and and I, as they hear about it, because uh, my daughter who's 15 turning 16, just told me that she was getting concerned because property prices were going up so much and Bitcoin was going up over the last couple of years and her allowance hasn't adjusted accordingly and that she felt she wasn't able to keep up. I'm not joking. She wasn't able to keep up because her brother who's four years older older than her and has been getting, you know, he doesn't get allowance anymore. She's yeah, but
1: he's been able to work it out. He's older, so he's, he's got been, more savings. He's right? been able yeah. to accumulate a bit more
0: Bitcoin than he had. He's getting ready for his first rental property, and she's just looking at this math. And I, I thought, you know what? Really, her allowance has not changed. And then it just made me think of the whole income to asset thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, in my own family the allowance that Sienna has been getting hasn't kept up with asset growth. And we always produce documents of showing income to asset prices. I'm like, Holy smokes. It's happening right in my own family yeah. with allowance. Have I've, you, have you adjusted your kids? I've allowance? seen
1: it. I've seen it with, with, with my kids. And I've, I was telling Diana, my wife, I was I'm like, I think we need to raise the kids. Allowance. <laughs> what do you mean? When I was a kid, I got this much. Like, yeah. I go, but that was a long time ago. I go, I think we need to, you know, I have a trouble like with my kids. They don't even ask for their allowance. And yeah, then yeah. you know, so the allowance so is too still, high. The allowance still, is too yeah, high. They're still you young.
0: Gotta, you got to throttle. You don't have to increase. It. You got to throttle that thing down. Well,
1: A, well, Ava, so who's my youngest daughter? She'll uh, she offers to give it every time. I'm like, here, Ava, so it's your allowance. She's like, you know, Dad. Not every time I shouldn't say that, but sometimes she's been like, you know, what, Dad? You keep it. You know, we need food for the family. Like, you you keep it. We want to no make way. sure there's food. Yeah, multiple times. And then one time, she's like couple times she's she's like don't don't worry dad you, you keep it you know i want to go first class to croatia this year we they don't oh we use God. it to pay first class to croatia I'm like, oh my God. What a, what take the five dollars and yeah. put it towards yeah. like a five
0: thousand dollar like, thing
1: so she's uh but at least she's trying to contribute maybe she'll sit
0: in first class by herself it, actually it's not called first class anymore it's called business class
1: well no air canada is called signature class oh is that what it is well, that's because our kids Sign- keep saying it yeah signature class and then the other okay. klm and stuff is different yeah
0: um, there was something I was going to say. Yeah. He, here's something else that I think when, when we try to talk about, why is this-
1: it? A, I guess first class is, is, uh, uh it's, it's, de- I a, guess it's a, demeaning. It's a, it's a, I don't it's know. De- yeah. I didn't think about that. That's mm-hmm. why they changed it probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because when we're was, in the back
0: in economy, we're the
1: cattle. Yeah. Just, uh. Yeah, I guess I'm the old guy. I can't use so much. It's like when 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 we I used to tell my parents like Hey, you can't use that word anymore." There's all mm-hmm. these things that I'm like, I can't say that can anymore. Like first class. That's normal. The world
0: it. keeps moving on some of it. Some of it's. Cr- can I say that? I was gonna say some of it's crazy. My
1: to say the word. No, crazy? I don't think you should <laughs> say that oh, either. But, <laughs> but the first me. class thing, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess. But it, I just I, I see the logic too. But I, I I would have never guessed that one until you pointed it out. Um,
0: there's something about the system that uh, Nick we've used before that I just want to share with everybody. Nope. Um, there's this example that I talk about to some, and I, I don't know if this example is uh, uh, good or not, but you know, when the reason I think that most Canadians don't see the damage that's happening to their dollars is they don't understand how money kind of works. So it just an equate, uh, uh, by way of example here, if, if Nick Carradza goes to go buy a real estate, a property, you don't have the $1 million it takes to buy the property. So to get the seller the $1 million, you go to the bank. The bank also does not have the $1 million. But the bank has a bank charter from like 1871 when that was passed. And then our banking system changed like in the 30s and 40s. And the Canadian dollar all came together. Instead of individual bank receipts, it became the Canadian dollar. And uh, those banks are allowed out of thin air when Nick signs the mortgage paper to create a million dollars that they did not have. Think about the business model of the banks. They don't have to inventory anything. They no, just create what yeah. they sell. And then the you moment. earn
1: interest off the money And they money earn that interest when they sell thing.
0: it. Yeah. So they give you the million dollars. You give the million dollars to the seller. The seller now has a million dollars that they can push into the economy. Now, who pays the price here? Because there's no free lunch in the world ever. The banks did not have the million dollars. Nick did not have the million dollars. Nick borrowed it from the bank. The bank created it. The seller gets the million dollars. The people, the, the people that suffer here are the rest of the economy that now have a new million dollars that is stuffed into the economy. And when people look around and they don't understand why prices are going up is because the amount of money that's being stuffed into the economy because our money's created from debt keeps growing faster and faster and faster. And if you're not playing in the debt game, if you're not owning assets where you get first access to the new debt, you don't keep up. And if you're getting just an income to survive, you don't understand why things are getting more expensive. But anyone who's getting first access to the new money, which is why we like real estate, because when you sign the piece of paper, you as an average Canadian citizen are essentially playing bank and you're getting first access to the new dollars. And whoever gets the first access to the new dollars typically wins.
1: Well... Yeah, that's generally how, it well, works. look at the banks, right? The banks generally, well, yeah, okay, they, they get, get, first get very access first access because right? they're kind of, but I'm just but in any, that, in any that's who's so. suffering
0: in this scenario because anytime someone goes to buy a property, new money is being created, gets stuffed into the economy and everyone who had other dollars just has their dollars getting devalued as the amount of dollars in the system increases. And it's this just never ending cycle that must get faster and faster. And with debt levels, the way they are, the amount of absolute dollars that must enter the system now is incredible and it's just going to perpetuate faster and faster and harder and harder. So the next 10 years are going to be crazy. Yeah. That
1: that seems that seems unreal to me because because the speed but but the speed at which it happened <clears throat> over the last few years it, it, if you told me, you know, 5 6 years ago this would happen, it seems unreal to me as well. You know, now that was driven by an economic shutdown, government induced economic shutdown. Um, so they felt the, the need to, or they used it as a cover too, whatever, you know, you want to say, um, to, to keep up this pace or to accelerate the pace, do they need another excuse to be able to do it or not? You know, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. They, just cu- they I know, have I know to they, come up with something. No, I know, but I'm just, you know, it's cause it's just strange. Like to, to think if you go back six years ago and I know when we, when we, when you modeled it out based on what we you know the, the growth we had seen historically and said okay if we take the same percentage based growth uh, growth and and map this out into the future this is what it looks like and it's like well that seems excessive right it just seems like that's unreal but now we're at that point and it wasn't unreal it was accurate and if you take the same percentage and map it out it seems even more unbelievable atrocious so are we go are we going into that? twilight zone you know like is it actually do- really I was about possible? to say are we doomed yeah yeah I, I didn't know what term i was looking for but but yeah like that's that's what i mean because i'm like if that happens that's gonna be get things are gonna get really interesting by interesting i mean kind of squirrely really fast you know so well but, but there's, see- there's got to be a break because most of the times and during times like this as well there is a break And the break is when things settle down because the governments realize they're like, oh, is it teetering? Is it teetering? Is it about to kind of get into a deflationary environment? Like you Mm -hmm. talked about when things have to sell off and the debt gets unsustainable. And then it usually goes, but it doesn't usually keep going. It usually no, kinda, and there is kind of some breaks, the, if right? we take
0: the Canadian real estate market now, we are seeing way more listings kind of hit now. So I feel like now we've reached the peak froth. I think
1: prices and have to come down. They'll come, I, to I would anything, think for the
0: honest, next part yeah. of the year, it's going to be a little yeah. calmer.
1: Which is, which is healthy, which is healthy. And I, I mean, prices like on average, I don't think all segments of the market, different areas, but the days of like buy anything anywhere and it's going to go up 30%, I think those are, are, but, those are gone. But on the
0: flip side of that, I think there's probably a lot of millennials who are thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to wait for the real estate market to pop because when prices come tumbling down, never mind leveling off like we're talking about, Nick, or or down 5% or even 10%, when they come down 35%, that'll be my entry point into the market. And I guess my thinking is they're never going to get that or it's so brief if it does happen because the governments can't let that happen because debt doesn't come down. If the asset values like real estate come down, the amount of debt owing doesn't come down. It's going to put banks, if they were to mark to market the real estate market, in a really awful situation. So then they'll just push more money into mm-hmm. the economy. So unless you catch that falling knife perfectly, you're just going to see prices increase further as they try to correct that problem and stuff more money into the system.
1: Yeah, except it did happen in this, the U.S. in 2008, and it, it's I mean, the property prices are well over where they were then. But because the real estate market moves so slow, not like, unlike the stock market... It can, it, you know, there is the, the potential that the, the prices could come down and then there's a period of time before they stuff the money in for it to be seen in the market and then go back up.
0: But the difference now is the U.S. has way more debt. At that time, the U.S. government didn't have the amount of debt that it cover, that carries today. Yeah, they couldn't. So like, governments weren't. As broke as they are now.
1: Yeah, they couldn't let the same thing happen. And that's why they pumped as much money as they did in as quickly as they did when COVID hit. Because they learned from then, they're like, oh, we're not going to let that happen again and flood the system.
0: Yeah, so if we walk this, that's a good example that you brought up. Because if we walk this back into the late 90s, when long-term capital management failed, Wall Street was basically forced to bail out that hedge fund so that all of Wall Street didn't fail. Mm -hmm. So Wall Street did the bailout to save itself. Then in 2007 and eight, great financial crisis, the government had to step in to save Wall Street because it could no longer save itself. Now, if there was another big crisis, who saves the governments when they're broke? The only step above the governments would be something like the IMF with their SDR special drawing rights to pump that into the system, yeah. which is just an inflationary mess of nothing.
1: But well, how many times can, cause the government was broke when COVID hit. So how many times, and, and they, they save the system by pumping in, by pumping in money, the central banks did. So how many more times can they do that before they need to get that to that level? Cause there okay, could perfect. be one or two So perfect. So, so, like perfect.
0: so if I'm a sovereign fund and I hold Canadian bonds and then I see another crisis come to Canada and they do that and they do that, do you think I'm going to want to hold Canadian debt when I see the, the devaluation of that currency to that extreme? I'm going to sell my bonds.
1: Yeah, the bond market gets really messed up really quick. Yeah, gradually. so
0: like this is the point we're at, and I think this is the point that gets really sketchy when there's a lack of because the whole system's built on confidence. So if there's a lack of confidence that says, hey man, when I get paid back in these dollars from these bonds that I own, those dollars are going to be worthless. I'm going to just dump yeah. So And it, then where do you run? I don't know, but this is where you get into talks of Bitcoin. There's yeah. never been an escape. Did you hear that interview with Christine Lagarde when she recently said we must control Bitcoin because if there's an escape escape valve, they she said they will use it. Meaning that if there's a way out of a closed economic system and a closed currency system, people will escape to it. Bitcoin is the escape. So if I'm a bondholder and I can get a scarce asset why would I not escape into it if I was forced to? Right now, maybe I'm not forced to well, because right now of, you're
1: forced to own bonds too in some forced. yeah,
0: because a lot of these institutions are forced. But at some point the conversation in those meetings is going to change.
1: Yeah, but just so if you're a pension fund or insurance company, because you have to hold part of your, your um funds and bonds, right? So and and right now they're losing money on those because rates are so low, so they're losing money on, on bonds. So but so and they're forced to hold them, but they're gaining so much from the inflationary. Um, assets that they own what that offsets so their total returns are still good because I saw what uh, was it the the C, the the um the teacher's pension plan I think it was their returns this year I forget But it was pretty strong Their, their rate of return I was like wow And even though they're holding Some bonds and stuff Because there are other things
0: Offset Yeah, They that. bought 900, 850 or 950 million Of US single family homes
1: That was CP, Yeah The no, Canadian, sorry, Canadian, was Canadian pension, pension plan, plan. I forget Canadian. which one But anyways the return's good And I'm and like Well if they're Even though the government Forces them to hold these bonds As a percentage Then the inflationary measures Cause the other ones To go so much up That they're still getting Strong returns Then do they not care And they're willing to still Invest in those bonds bonds and keep the government happy while they keep those policies and then they take these other assets mm-hmm. just recently i was thinking that i was just trying to play that in out in my head it's probably a conversation sure. for uh, for another time because yeah. I, I know we're getting we're getting along here but
0: yeah and i i guess your your point is that can the musical game of musical chairs keep going
1: yeah well i think the, the question is how long can it is it because is it a year 10 years 100 years like i have no idea you know you know but it, it's it's at the Pace, it's speeding up, it's less than well, I probably you, you, thought. If
0: you go to usdebtclock.org and you look at the US debt, it's at $30 trillion. If you go ahead four years, and I would love to know the which date range they're using for their rate of change, but if you go ahead four years, US debt goes from 30 trillion in four years to 52 trillion. <laughs> in four years from today, it goes from 30 trillion. 52 trillion. I don't understand the rate of change they're using there. Like they didn't share what count, like is it the last three years they're using and extrapolating that forward? I'd love to know. But it goes to 52 trillion. I want to see, yeah. But but regardless, since we've started tracking this in 2008, it's gone from 9 trillion to 30. It's more than tripled. So let's just go ahead another 10 or 12. Let's take us to 2032. Which seems
1: nonsensical. Nonsensical. But if it
0: triples from 30 trillion, it's going to be at 90 trillion 10 years from now. 90 trillion. That's not unfunded liabilities, which are like another 140 trillion yeah. in today's dollars.
1: Can it get to that without people losing the confidence? Within right. 10
0: years at 90 trillion? What kind of GDP growth do you need to have any of this make
1: sense? We're we're gonna find out.
0: <laughs> we're gonna find out the the easy way or the hard way. We're gonna find out. So I guess if you're if you're listening to this something, I guess, Nick, just if I was to wrap it up with the way the world is. To me, if I was holding dollars, I would just hold whatever amount I need to live my life, you know, for whatever many months I want. And if I was able to accumulate excess dollars beyond that, I would personally be holding it in Bitcoin. That's my bias. It could be gold and silver for you, but it's Bitcoin and some real estate properties. The threat on the real estate properties would be the government could increase taxes. Right, and control more of that stuff. The benefit on the real estate properties is you're, you're, you're first in line to create new money. You can use the existing system almost against itself. You can refinance properties, pull out more money. You're creating income streams. So mm-hmm. there's there's kind of like positive and, and negatives there. And some of your money in a in a form of money that you can custody yourself, like Bitcoin in its own hardware mm-hmm. wallet that kind of lives on the internet.
1: And there's more questions to that because some people will naturally have questions. Well, how do you get to exchange that to the, uh, what we were talking earlier about they're gonna have multiple currencies so how do you exchange that in some places to the local currency of that place yeah, to be able you to flip use around? it for everyday goods and stuff and that'll be we'll for save that day. for the next yeah.
0: time yeah i think that's it for today right Yep, we're good thanks for listening everyone hey everyone hopefully you enjoyed that chat with nick and myself just going on about the different uh, headlines and the news right now there's a lot to discuss and i feel like there will continue to be a lot to discuss throughout the year so we'll do this maybe a little more regularly than we have in the past And if you are listening to this and you want some real estate investing information, you can always visit our website, rockstarinnercircle.com for free copies of our books, reports, links to our videos and these podcasts, and register for our next introductory real estate investing class that we hold about once a month. You can find all of that at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's enough with this. Episode. I was about to say that's enough with this in, uh, with the intro, but it's not the intro. We're done with the show. That's enough with this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.